Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back to this edition of Fortress of Faith. Thank you for being with us all week, uh, talking about how Islamic Sharia law is making its way into American courts and how there are efforts to try to stop that from happening. Up in Canada, we're seeing uh, they're much more advanced in this area. I witnessed this personally in England. In fact, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. I'll tell you how Sharia law became part of the legal code in Britain, how they wore down the British legal system, and how there are over 100 Sharia law courts operating in London alone not to mention the rest of the country, and how it's creeping more and more into our courts here in America. We had a very high appointment a judge here in the United States uh, recommended by President Biden, a Muslim judge, and he was uh, voted in uh, to his position, a lifelong position now. A little bit about him, if we have the time, and the Supreme Court up in Canada Justin Trudeau has nominated a Muslim judge for the Supreme Court. This is the first non-white judge to the Canadian court, but happens also to be a Muslim as well. Before getting into all that, let me quickly remind you, we're in our summer fundraising campaign. We're, we normally don't do this, but we, out of necessity, are having to do this, and we're still fair bit of ways away from our $10,000 goal, but thank you for those of you who've been calling and getting in touch with us there, but would you help us push that needle uh, up towards the goal with a one-time donation today? The number to call is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. You can give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com if you want to give by check. Please give us a call. We'd be glad to give you our address. We do have an address in Canada for our Canadian listeners as well. All right. How did this kind of happen in England? Well, for years and years and years. Now, remember, I've been living, I've lived uh, 29 years of my life over in the United Kingdom. That's why when you hear me say some things kind of funny, uh, it doesn't sound quite right. Well, it's possibly because of my British influence on me. I used to have a strong British accent at one time. As you can tell, I don't have that now, but... We had heard and heard and heard on the news. It seemed like a month couldn't go by without something on the news about Sharia law and the Muslims' attempt to bring it to our country. And I dismissed it as blue sky thinking, no way, it's not going to happen. Uh, Just pipe dreaming by Muslims, don't pay attention. And I was wrong. I was naive then. I didn't get it. Boy, I had to wake up quick. But September 14, 2008, it was announced in the Times newspaper, still have that clipping, how five Sharia law courts were opening up with the government's backing and two others to shortly open up thereafter. Then they named the cities that were that the Sharia law courts were opening, and my town was listed. And not only was my town listed as one of the places for Sharia law, but was the headquarters for all these Sharia law courts. They're taking place in the Hijaz Center. I knew right where this place was, five miles from my church, kind of close to my home. I knew the place real well because I was looking for property for our Bible college and our youth camp 
there, and I drove back into this area here, the Hidges Center. I saw that on the uh, on the gate. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Next thing you know, I'm in this huge Muslim facility. They're building, and and uh, and it was a training uh, ground, a place there. You can tell it was some kind of a school, you know, with buildings going up, and they are training bankers, teachers, and lawyers, professional workers, Muslims, to take high position places in the United Kingdom, and they're developing the, and educating them so that they can rule and control the nation one day. That's their purpose. That's their stated purpose there at the Hijaz Center. There's about four of them around the country now, and they're in the Midlands, right where I was at, was the headquarters, and it is still today the headquarters of all the Sharia law courts of the land. And that was a wake-up call for me. I started realizing I was missing the agenda. I need to understand these people's agenda. And then I started understanding this is judgment. This is judgment for the West for our uh, rebellion against Jehovah God. If we continue in our sin, God's raising up an enemy that's come within. And if they control our laws, we're in trouble, buddy. And that's exactly the beginning of it there. And Sharia law courts... Now, before the Sharia law courts had official backing, they had these fiqh councils. And these councils are made up of three to five Muslim clerics. And it's all voluntary at this point. And still here in the United States and up uh, in many places up in Canada, they have these fiqh councils going on. And so Muslims will take their issues and whatever. They won't go to the legal courts of the land. They take their issues within themselves on their civil issues and also criminal issues. Now, these courts have no power to adjudicate on criminal issues. But when a man strikes and beats his wife or rapes his wife, these are criminal acts. But in the minds of Islam, they don't look at it that way. They just simply call it a civil issue. And so these courts are adjudicating there without the real authority of the government, but Muslims will abide by them voluntarily. And, and then they'll keep pestering the Western states to say, listen, you are not allowing us our full religion. We cannot be completely fully Muslim and practice our religion without having our courts, without having the Sharia. And so this is what they did in the UK. And I, wanna, I don't want to take too much time on that, but basically the real person who, who gave in, it was the Archbishop of Canterbury, the head of the Church of England, and he made this statement and it was simply this, uh, that ultimately one day uh, Muslims are going to have to have their courts in our land. And I'm not quite quoting him verbatim, but words to effect, that's what he had said. Simply saying about the number of Muslims that were there, eventually it's just going to happen. And when he said that, uh, just a couple months later, finally the government relented and said, okay, you can have these courts, only civil laws but you can have them, and we will enforce them. So when you adjudicate, we won't tell you how to adjudicate, but when you do adjudicate and you come down to your decision, we will enforce that decision so you now have backing. And that's the 
dangerous situation for Britain. Now, let's turn our attention here to the United States. Now, they don't have those kind of courts yet here, but they have the FIT councils. We talked about that yesterday, how uh, a court, a U.S. court said, no, uh, she has to have her divorce proceedings done in a Muslim uh, court, a FIT council, and he refused to give her her American rights. And I I was going to share with you a situation that happened years ago, back in 2010, this was probably the most egregious example, but in New Jersey, a, a, a judge there refused to give a Muslim immigrant a restraining order against her husband. Why? Well, he was beating her, he was doing whatever to her, raping her and stuff there, and she wanted a, an, a, a restraining order and a divorce. But when the judge was going to hear the case... He went down to his fiqh council, to his uh, imams. They had a ruling and said, listen, he has every right to beat his wife, every right to demand of her sex and stuff like that. According to Sharia, according to the religion of Islam, that is the law of Allah. And she's a Muslim. He's a Muslim. They have to live by Allah's laws, not man's laws. And the judge there in New Jersey um, gave in to... Uh, uh, kind of judged according to the Fiqh Council, to the Muslim Council. Now, finally, in the appellate court about a year later, it got overturned, and this lady was given protection and so on. But um, uh, because of that, we've had a, and that in other instances, we've got 50 cases that we could cite um, that Sharia law has been given um, um comedy or accommodation in American courts. And it was Tennessee that started this. They started the effort to stop Sharia law coming in. Oklahoma tried through their legislation, and 70% of the the legislators voted to say no Sharia law in our land because they named Sharia law. It was considered a defamation against a religion, And according to First Amendment rights, it was overturned, even though it was passed in the state court there in the Midwest. But um, uh, Tennessee got smart, and they developed a piece of legislation called American Laws for American Courts that only, uh, that no foreign law can be given what's called comedy, which means accommodation. No foreign law can be given accommodation if the foreign law um, abuses or supersedes the constitutional rights of the federal government and of the state government. That's all it pretty much says. And so it protects them from Sharia law coming into the courts. About 14 states now have passed it completely in their state. Um, Texas hasn't fully done it yet, but they've got it partially done in some courts. Washington and some courts there. Here in North Carolina, where I'm at now, uh, we successfully got it passed there. And um, uh, we had some had a bit of a job to get the governor not to veto it. But um, fortunately, that um, he did not veto it. And it does stand as law today. But let me tell you what's going on now. Now we're seeing here in the, in, here in the West, in the North America, we're seeing these judges creeping their way into the courtroom, Muslims, and they're taking high positions, as I said at the beginning of the broadcast. Uh, The Canadian 
government, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister there, has nominated the first Muslim judge to the Supreme Court. Now, this is huge. I mean, this is the highest position in the judicial system of Canada. I'm not sure, but I think it's a lifelong appointment. Maybe wrong. Correct me if I, let me know. The U.S. in Canada, let me know if I'm wrong there, but I believe it is. And I don't think he's been conf- confirmed yet. I'm, I'm starting to follow this story. But here in the United States, we had um, an appointment. Let me get back to it there. Zaid Qureshi, the first American uh, Muslim federal judge appointed to a lifelong position on the District Court of New Jersey. And this is an appointment given by Biden and was passed by the U.S. Senate. But what's interesting, two things. I don't have time to develop this, I'm sorry, but two very important things happened. He, during his questions, Dick Durbin, a Democrat, asked him the question about his views on Sharia law. Here's what the judge said. I don't know what the Sharia law, I don't know what Sharia law is. Now, I got to tell you, that blows my mind. I don't believe that. That raises up a great deal of suspicion about this man. And uh, But the other thing kind of counters it. You know who's not happy about his appointment? CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations, which is very interesting that CARE is not happy about him being nominated to that position, which is um, uh, blows my mind. Well, we've got to stop there. That's going to be it for the end of today's broadcast and the week. Join us again next week at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.